0: The Dark Night of the Soul. The Dark Night of the Soul is a term that dates back to at least the 16th century when Spanish poet and Roman Catholic mystic Saint John of the Cross wrote of a poem of the same name which documents the ascension process, or the soul's path to oneness with God. The dark night of the soul is not only a time of deep sadness, but of spiritual transformation when you begin to shift your perception from what is perceived to what actually belongs to you and what is real. When you make this shift, the truth becomes clear. Only your spirit is real. Usually the events that trigger the dark night experience are the loss of one or or several things in the material or physical world such as a loss of a loved one or being stripped of all material possessions. Suddenly you lose all things you once thought were important and the illusion of the material world falls apart. This loss brings you to a place where only what you cannot see or touch has real meaning. The dark night of the soul is really the death of this illusion. The death of the idea that the physical world is forever and your mourning period of this death. When you come to understand that all things can be taken from you, that everything gets old and dies, it is a sudden shock. You have to take safe haven, go inward to reach for your spiritual self, to guide you out of the darkness. This inward focus is a necessity to all spiritual seekers, and this is why it is a light-worker rite of passage not to say that all light workers must suffer to gain enlightenment but all must come to the place where they recognize the illusion or forever stay attached to the material world that which is not eternal the catalyst there is always a catalyst or maybe more than one to send you into the dark night it can be a divorce the loss of a job ill health, or any other loss that creates a void in your material or physical perspective. For me, it was the death of a loved one. At only 57, my father was diagnosed with terminal lung cancer and given only five weeks to live. I didn't want to lose my father. I wasn't ready to let him go. How could a young man so full of vitality be taken away so quickly, I wondered. This is all there is? To work your whole life and have it all taken away from you, just like that? What's it all for? I continually questioned life and my priorities. What a shock to realize that all my father's work, all he had no longer was his, because he was gone. This experience compounded by a series of other losses sent me into a 10-year-long dark night of the soul. I missed the physical presence of my father and wanted that back. I mourned being able to see him, hearing his voice and touching his face. Even though I believed in life after death, I still grieved and somewhere within me I stubbornly resisted the idea that his spirit was what was everlasting and not his body, and that we were now connected by a powerful source I could not see or touch. If the loss is sudden or traumatic, It is more difficult to accept, and even being a psychic medium didn't help me in dealing with the loss of my father. Even though I was aware there was life after death, I still mourned the physical. Grieved a loved one's flesh and bone is to be expected, but we do always have assistance in overcoming this. A good example of how our loved ones try to assist us during our grieving process was something that happened just after my father passed. My mother and I decided to take out the Ouija board and contact my father. We needed to connect with him and see how he was coping on the other side. He appeared rather quickly and began to communicate through the board. Finally, I asked him, Dad, where are you now? I wanted to know if he was in heaven or in some kind of other dimension. Quickly, the board spelled out, I am in the closet. The answer was strange, and I looked at my mother with a raised eyebrow. She thought a moment, and then she began to laugh. Well, this morning, Dad's remains came from the funeral parlor. I haven't picked out an urn, so I put the box in my closet. So he was correct. His ashes were in the closet, but his true essence was somewhere else. This was typical of my dad's sense of humor and strong validation that we were speaking with his spirit. He went on to say, He was right there next to me whole as he's always was, but his physical body was now cremated in a box in the closet. So this goes to show the physical can be destroyed, but the spirit remains intact eternally. The death of an illusion. When you experience your catalysts, these events can be so painful that you may feel that there is nothing left for you. The sense of hopelessness can be overpowering and you may feel as if there is no way out of the pain you're facing but remember these painful events are just triggers to bring you to enlightenment the dark night of the soul is a kind of death in itself but nothing real has actually died there only an illusion Often, it is part of the awakening process, which will usually come during phase two and three, as we discussed in chapter one, and navigating through the dark night of the soul is like paving the pathway to the real you that exists under all the illusions of the physical world. Reaching the dark night of the soul always comes at a time when the spirit has reached a certain level of edification and is ready to proceed to the next step in the ascension process. There are many reasons that a dark night of the soul experience presents itself. But within your ascension strategy, it is all planned and goes along with what you came into this lifetime to learn. In other words, the dark night only comes when you are ready for it. It can sometimes feel unexpected or we may see it coming. But for all lightworkers who are awakening, the day comes when we learn the physical manifestations we perceive around us are not external. Surviving the dark night is not about the events that catapult you there, but how you mourn the death of the illusion. Brody's story. Brody was a high-powered attorney who seemed to have it all from the outside. His legal services were in high demand and he was quickly making a name for himself as a defense attorney. With his loving family and beautiful home, he seemed to have the world within his grasp and he had it all figured out. One day, the practice he had worked so hard to build was being threatened by a minute error in his attorney trust account and a complaint to the bar association. As his worries mounted, he began to fall into a state of depression and hopelessness. The cases piled up on his desk, and he found the work he once loved meaningless. Helping accused criminals get off the hook did not appeal to him anymore, and he missed deadlines and court dates. Spiraling deeper, he eventually relinquished his law license without a fight. Others urged him to fight to keep his practice, but he felt overwhelmed by a feeling of emptiness and depression that he could not shake and although his world was crumbling, he felt a strange sense of relief when he closed his law practice and was hopeful he would embark upon another career that would bring him success once again. But he was soon hit with another blow. His wife asked for a divorce. Brody, was no more, with no more fight in him, left the beautiful home he worked so hard for and got a studio apartment in an urban area. Being out of work for so long, he took what he could afford— Brody spent five years in the small apartment, and much of that time was spent wondering how he could fall so far and end up in a place he had. He felt such shame and embarrassment at the loss of all that great wealth he had acquired that he isolated himself from the people who really cared about him. And as he reminisced in his mind about the life he missed, he looked around the small apartment and began to view the possessions he had left as meaningless. My television will eventually break, he thought. My clothes will become outdated and worn. My cell phone will soon be antiquated. What would be left was just Brody, and he was not the same person anymore. The man who had it all had disappeared. He was just an illusionary identity. He found an old newspaper article documenting one of the highlights of his legal career when he won a precedented settling case. The man in the article felt so foreign, as though he didn't even know him anymore, and his life was just a story, just something to read about. He burned the article and cried for the loss of being that man. Brody mourned the death of that man for a long time, until one day he reached a turning point, and even though this man was not really new, he was a stranger to Brody. This man he was getting to know was his authentic self, stripped of all possessions, the Brody who was real and no longer attached to material things. Soon, his dark cloud lifted and he began to embrace the urban community in which he now lived. He connected with people in his neighborhood on a level he never would have when he was a successful attorney. And as he began to feel comfortable in his new life, he experienced a type of rebirth. Soon, he began to develop a deeper sense of purpose to a greater life than he had ever imagined when he had it all. He saw that there were many people much deeper in hardship than he had ever been, and soon his embarrassment subsided, and he reached out to old connections to enlist their help in creating a day center for the city's homeless population. He became an advocate for the poverty-stricken in the community and helped many people find food and shelter in the cold winter months. He was living a purpose-driven life that was not connected to anything that could be taken away or grown outdated. If he had remained a rich, successful attorney, he would have never faced the fact that his expensive suits and fancy cars were truly meaningless in the scope of things. This is not to say you should burn all your material possessions and move to Calcutta and become the next Mother Teresa, but the dark night of the soul allows you to understand that the physical world has an expiration date including your physical body and your spirituality is eternal. This alters your perspective of what is real and what is not. Your foundation. If you envision a huge mansion with with a brick exterior and a beautifully landscaped lawn it all looks perfect but if you examine it closely and you come to see that the foundation it stands upon is crumbling What you saw becomes a false perception of what the mansion really is, useless without a solid foundation. During the dark night, only what you can see or touch, or the bricks and lawn that looks so perfect from the curbside, is stripped away. The foundation, or your authentic self, what Brody discovered when he released his attachment to the material things he had lost, remains. You may find getting down to your foundation can be very sad and dark and what can be a result from renovating your foundation is known as spiritual transformation. During my spiritual transformation, I began to closely examine my own existence. I was introduced to my ego and my ego was comprised of nothing but pure fear. The fear of not being able to live up to others, the fear of physical death, The fear of sickness, the fear of poverty, the fear of being alone. They were all there at my foundation for me to face. And I began to process the sweeping of my foundation clean or confronting those fears. And the only option I had to help me with this task was to surrender and to put my fate in the universe's hands. At first, I felt weak as if I had given up, but then, like a light bulb, I realized how much courage it takes to relinquish control and simply trust something that you cannot even see. I began to see that to incorporate this kind of ultimate trust into my life is akin to having the backing of something so powerful that nothing could defeat me, and I felt unstoppable. What a relief to know that what people can see from the outside doesn't matter and that I did not need to live up to some kind of material or physical expectation of myself. When my fears no longer held meaning for me, the pieces of my life began to fall into place. When my fears no longer held meaning for me, the pieces of my life began to fall into place. I began to experience abundance, love, and vitality because with my ego in check, with nothing to fear, I finally made room for joy in my life. This transforming experience is different for every light worker. It could take many days, months, or even years. And like me, you may have to come to a place of total surrender. It is a grieving process that only you can navigate through, but as you emerge from this period, you will achieve a higher state of enlightenment. Find yourself in the darkness. As spiritual seekers, we are told to always look for light, to align with the light energy of the universe and allow it to expand through our actions and our intentions. Many of us fail to understand that we must first know the darkness in order to live in the light. As painful as it is, the dark night of the soul is a catalyst for spiritual transformation and without this powerful agent of change, we simply could not awaken to know our authentic self. It is only through working our way through the darkness that we find the light. As we navigate through the dark night, we are forced to seek out the part of our self that will guide us out, the part that is pure and directly connected to source. Navigating through is not easy and although you will emerge when you're ready, there are some ways to help you get through this transformational time. Help yourself. Surrender. Now is the time for total trust in your higher self. Ultimate surrender to the process will get you through more quickly. You're not alone. There is always a light to guide you out. Allowing the process to flow smoothly without resistance will make it much easier for you. There is a bigger picture that you cannot see and remember all things occur for the greatest good. Trust. Balance. As we experience the dark night, we may feel the need to go in one extreme direction or the other, either deep sadness or overdoing certain activities to allow us to live in a state of denial. We may attempt to counteract our pain by overeating, overexercising, or numbing ourselves with medication or substance abuse. This creates an imbalance in the mind and in the body and in the soul, and it actually halts your process and your progress. Keep your physical body and mind balanced by eating right, getting proper sleep, and taking care of yourself while embracing each day with the hope and faith that you will make it through this. Do not isolate yourself. When we experience profound loss, we often feel alone and as if and as though no one can relate, this is, on, this is your journey, your ascension path to take, and no one can walk it for you. Still, this doesn't mean you can cut yourself off from the world. Surround yourself with people who sincerely care and can be supportive. Don't expect them to take the pain away, but reach out to them when you need some comfort. Don't feel victimized. Feeling victimized means you are looking at external causes for your suffering. Looking outside yourself takes away your power and causes you to focus on what's happening around you instead of looking inward. If you are in a period of spiritual transformation, see it as a gift. The dark night will pass and you will emerge in an enlightened place. Stay focused. It is very important to stay aligned with the Earth's energies during the dark night of the soul. It can be very easy to feel detached and disconnected from everything due to anxiety and perhaps depression. If you have ever heard the expression, he's in another world, that is the perfect example of someone who is disconnecting to avoid transformation. Water is a very stabilizing element. Drinking water, taking baths frequently, and hydrotherapy keeps you clear and focused. When bathing, add essential oils or flowers which will enhance the effects of the water. Water creates a healthy flow of energy in your physical body. Grounding exercises can also be helpful. Like workers going through difficult times often want to escape the harsh energies of the earth, so it is necessary to ground yourself. As you sit in a chair, envision roots like that of a tree coming from your feet and firmly implanting themselves into the ground. Sit and hold this vision for as long as you need to to feel grounded to the earth. Ask for help. All around you are beings of love and light wisdom waiting to help you. Angels, spirit guides, and deceased loved ones want to help you at this time. Request their gentle guidance now. This is not weak, it is extremely brave to trust in the higher powers that you cannot see. Although it is a painful process, the gift that comes along with the dark night of the soul is the understanding that your spirit is in fact one with source. With the illusion of the physical world gone, your path is now clear for a huge shift in your life. Always remember that transformations are not easy, but each step forward brings more happiness and truth into your life. Navigating through the dark night is not for the weak, and only those who seek the most enlightened experience. After this transformational experience, we now understand that we are all external, more than just flesh and blood. We now acknowledge ourselves as spirits having a human experience, yet we still must function within the confines of our physical body. Let's examine the limitations of our humanness and how we may be able to overcome them